Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Reading to the Bible with Elder Linda. Uh, here on this channel, for anyone that's just uh, joining us, we read the Bible together, we make sure we understand it, and then we make application to our lives. Uh, I am Elder Linda. I post a new video uh, every Wednesday, sometimes as, as early as Tuesday evening. Um, but I'm glad you joined me. Give me a thumb up, subscribe to the channel, uh, and I would greatly appreciate it. So last week we were on Genesis chapter 41 and Genesis chapter 41 was, 41 was an interesting chapter where after two years of uh, the butler of uh, forgetting about Joseph, uh, he finally remembered him uh, when the king Pharaoh had had a couple of dreams and nobody in the king's court could interpret his dreams. So then the butler had an aha moment and remembered, you know, I know somebody who interpreted my dream when I was in prison and it was a Hebrew named Joseph. So he told the king about Joseph finally after two years and uh, they, uh, the king, king of Pharaoh, king Pharaoh pulled Joseph out of prison. They shaved him, uh, cleaned him up. I remember we talked about they shaved him because the Egyptians aren't into hair. So they, you know, they don't have any facial hair. He shaved his head. He was clean shaven, um, which is not uh, according to Hebrew custom. But remember, Joseph is a slave in Egypt, so he has to do what the Egyptians do. So anyway, he's shaven and uh, he gets up and he interprets uh, Pharaoh's dreams. And uh, we talked about the dreams that Pharaoh had where God show Pharaoh that there was going to be seven years of, uh, of, of plenty, seven years when there was going to be plenty to eat. Uh, the crops were going to be booming. He was going to have so much food, you know what to do with. And then behind those seven years, was going to be seven years of famine where you would not have enough food. And uh, Joseph informed the king of what his what his dream meant and remember we talked about how joseph gave god the glory he says i can't interpret your dream but god can and so he you know had confidence that god was going to give him the, the interpretation and god did just that um so anyway he told the king that he needed to find him a wise man who would be able to store up food when you when during the seven years of plenty during the seven years when you had so much food you know what to do Start putting some away so that when the seven years of famine come, you'll have plenty of food. Well, the king was so impressed with what Joseph was saying. He said, you know what? I'm going to make you that man. And I'm going to put you in charge of everything in Egypt. I'm only going to be greater than you in the throne. Other than that, you are, he was second in command. So um, he elevated Joseph. Joseph is put into power. And remember all those years of, of the things that Joseph has gone through. He's uh, been a slave. He's uh, been uh, sent in, been in prison for at least two years, falsely accused. So there's been like 13 years have passed uh, since his brothers um, allowed him to be kidnapped and taken to Egypt. Uh, but this was all designed by design because God had a master plan. Um, and now, so now that the King Pharaoh had um, elevated Joseph, he also gave him honor. Everybody had to bow down when they saw him giving him honor. All these people in Egypt. Uh, and the Egyptians hated the Hebrews, but look at who they have to bow down to. They all had to bow down and give Joseph honor. He was, he was second in command under Pharaoh. Pharaoh gave him a wife and he also had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. 
So that was in Genesis chapter 41. And then we read chapter 42 um, last week, but we did not discuss chapter, excuse me, chapter 42. So we're going to start there today. And let's just start with a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We, we honor you. We praise you. We magnify you. We give you glory. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word and to learn about you, Jesus. Open our eyes and our ears and our understanding. Holy Spirit, speak through me, O oh God. Lord, use me as your vessel. Father, that someone out there, Lord God, might even hear and understand and be taken to another level in you, O oh God. We thank you, Father. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so amen. We're going to, let's just talk about some of this in Genesis chapter 42 is where we are. And for those that have never been on the channel, we actually started in Genesis chapter 1. And we have been reading uh, steadily through the Bible. And we are now in chapter 42. So we're almost finished with the book of Genesis. I remember I talked about how it's taken us a little while because it's a lot of information in Genesis and it's a foundational book. So we can't, uh, you can't just rush through Genesis. But in chapter 42, now remember there's a famine in the land. Um, actually, the seven years of plenty have passed and there's a famine going on. And this chapter opens up and it's about, uh, about two years into the famine. So the seven years of plenty have passed and now there's famine in the land and the famine has reached all the way to Canaan land where Jacob and his sons are, his other 11 sons. And they desperately needed food and they heard that there was food or grain in Egypt. Now, mind you, they're, they're thinking that uh, Joseph is not even in their mind. They're, they're assuming that Joseph is dead. But their father tells them, look, he said, there's food in, in, in uh, Egypt. And he sends his 10 sons to go and buy food in Egypt so that they, so they can live. So it was getting desperate. They, you know, he said, if you don't go buy food, we're going to die. And, and mind you, in verse 3 through 5, he sent the 10 sons, but he did not send Benjamin. Benjamin was Joseph's brother. Now, if you remember the, you know, the studying that we've, we've been doing, Jacob loved Rachel. Rachel was his favorite wife. And she had two sons. She had Joseph, was her first son that she had. And then she died while giving birth to Benjamin, which was the second son that she had for, for, for uh, Jacob. And so when the boys had Joseph kidnapped, and they also had the father think that a wild animal had killed him. So the father was devastated about, about Joseph dying. So now when they're... they're Benjamin is the only one left from Rachel, his beloved wife. So he's not letting Benjamin out of his sight. So anyway, he let the other 10 sons go to Egypt to buy food. And in Genesis chapter 42, verse 6, it talks about um, how, you know, tells how Joseph has been elevated. He's second in command to Pharaoh. So the brothers are going to have to come to him because Pharaoh has made him basically ruler of the whole land. And he said, anybody uh, that need anything would have to go through Joseph. So his brothers came to him and here they are bowing down to Joseph. This is some, some 13 years later after they've had him uh, kidnapped. So they come and ask him for food and they're having to bow down to Joseph. They didn't even recognize him. They didn't know it was Joseph. 
he recognized them. And probably he recognized them because think about it. Joseph was 17 when they, when they had him kidnapped. His brothers were all grown. So they probably had already did all the changing they were going to do. And so they still probably look pretty much the same. Whereas Joseph was 17 and a kid, so he's he's got, he's coming to his manhood. He looks different. Plus, he looks like an Egyptian. He's shaved. He's clean shaven. He's talking like an Egyptian. You know, he's talking their language. So the brothers did not recognize him, but yet they're bowing to him. And Joseph is, you know, he's he's going to test them because uh, in verse, verse 14, he calls them out and he says they're spies. And this was all a test to see what they're going to do. And when and the brothers are horrified because now they're thinking all that horrible stuff we did to our brother Joseph a long time ago. This is God. Uh, you know, we're sowing what we reap. This coming back around at us. So they're thinking that uh, they're being punished for what they did to Joseph. So the brothers didn't recognize him. And, you know, like I said, because he, he was a teenager when, when he left. Now he's grown. So in verse 17 through 20, Joseph decided to let them go home. Because first he told them that he was going to lock them all up because he felt like that they were lying to him and that they were spies. The brothers are horrified, remember, because they think that they're, they're being punished. Um, Joseph decided, he says, okay, I'm going to let you all go back home. And... Go back and take the food to your house, but I'm going to keep one of you. I'm going to keep Simeon. And you're not going to be able, Simeon will not be released unless you come back and bring your younger brother. Because they, he had asked them all kinds of questions. Is your father alive? Do you have any other brothers? And so they had told him everything. Okay, we got a younger brother back at home. There's another brother we have, but he's not. He's no longer with us. Uh, our father is old. He's back. So he had, they had told him everything. So he said, okay, to prove that you're not lying, I'm going to keep Simeon. I'm going to keep him locked up. And you're going to go home and bring your brother Benjamin back here because if you bring him back here, then I know you weren't lying. So Joseph's brothers, uh, you know, they started talking and Reuben reminded them, you know, I told y'all not to mess with Joseph. I told, and actually Reuben did. When they first uh, was planning on killing Joseph, uh, uh, way back in, in, in the earlier chapters, when they first decide, had decided to get him to kill him, Reuben spoke up for him. And Reuben, you know, pleaded with them not to do anything to Joseph. In fact, he said, no, no, let's not kill him. Let's just put him in this hole. And Reuben's idea was, I'm going to put him in this hole and I'm going to come back and get him later on. Well, while Reuben was gone, the brothers saw this caravan going to these merchants going to Egypt. And they said, you know what? Let's just sell him. Let's sell him to this caravan. Reuben was not around to save him. So that's when that's how Joseph got sold um, to the merchants that were on their way to Egypt. And when Reuben came back and saw that Joseph was gone, he was horrified, you know, because his intention was to, to rescue Joseph. And, and so it's too late because Joseph was sold. So they're having this conversation, you know, Reuben saying, you know, I told you guys not to not to mess with Joseph. And he, it's mentioned that Joseph pleaded for his life. Now, we didn't hear that back in the early chapters, but it's telling us here that Joseph was literally pleading for his life and it didn't make them any difference. So they were they were cold, cold blooded back then. They didn't care. So Joseph heard their conversation because remember, he's listening and they don't know that Joseph is who he is. 
and that he can understand their language. They think he's an Egyptian and he can't understand their language. So they're just talking freely about the whole situation. Joseph listened to the whole thing. In verse 24, Joseph is so overtaken with what's going on, he begins to cry and couldn't con contain himself. So he had to walk away to get himself together. But anyway, when he came back, he told him, he said, okay, I'm gonna let you guys go home, uh, but I'm locking up Simeon. So he locked up Simeon, Simeon right in front of him, in front of them and told the rest of them they couldn't leave. So, you know, you have to question yourself, well, why, why, why did he choose Simeon? What was so special about Simeon? And, you know, and, and maybe it's because Reuben had tried to, to save him and had spoke up for him, you know, um, when he was, uh, when he was 17, when they was trying to, to kill him, Reuben had spoke up for him and Simeon was the second oldest. So Simeon was next in line. So maybe that's why he chose Simeon. It doesn't tell us that, but you know, you wonder why he, why he decided he wanted Simeon. Verse 25 tells us that Joseph gave them corn and secretly put their money back in their bags and gave them supplies to go back home. So, and they don't know he's, he, he was doing this. He didn't tell them he was going to do this, but he had his people, look, I want you to, you know, because they had to pay for the corn and the grain. So he says, okay, when they took their money, he said, put their money back in their bags and give them plenty of supplies so they can go home. Because remember, this is his family. So he loves them. He cares about them. And, uh, you know, and he could have put the money back in their bed as a test to see if they were going to be, you know, if they had any integrity, if they were going to be honest about uh, having the money back in their bag. So we don't know really what was in Joseph's head when he did that. But, you know, it could have been a test for them. So in verse 27 to 28, when they stopped for the night on their way home, one of them looked in the bag because he was about to, to feed his feed his camel. And he looked in the bag and there was his money in his sack. So he's petrified and he's, he's horrified. You know, okay, what is my money doing in my sack? I know I gave them this money to pay for the grain and now I'm finding the money, you know, and I think they used, they used silver at the time, but I'm finding the money that I used to pay for the grain back in my sack. And in verse 28, it, it talks about how they all felt they were being punished for what they did to, to Joseph and they felt like God has done this to us. So when they get home, the boys are telling uh, telling their, their father everything that happened uh, and telling their father that, you know, they're not going to be able to go back unless uh, Simeon, I mean, unless uh, they take Benjamin back with them. And also when they get home, they start emptying, emptying their bags of grain and find that each one of them had their money in their bag. So now they're really horrified. They're horrified. Um, their father is horrified because... You know, so, oh my gosh, that you know, this is terrible. They're gonna think that we we were trying to steal this or something. So Reuben, you know, uh their dad is like, okay, because they tell him that this man said we can't come back unless we bring Benjamin Benjamin back with us. And Reuben says, you know, dad, look, he tried to reassure his dad. Reuben's still, you know, trying to speak up. And he says, I will bring Benjamin back. I promise you I'll bring Benjamin back. And I'm paraphrasing all this. He says it, and if I don't bring him back. And get this, he said, you can kill, kill my two sons. That's a pretty tall uh, responsibility that he just threw out there. So we see Reuben had probably has changed somewhat too. And he's, he's you know, uh, 
laying his, laying his own son's life on the line for Benjamin to reassure his father. But Jacob is not hearing it. Jacob is like, okay, no, no. Uh, Joseph disappeared and died. And if you take Benjamin with you, something else is going to happen. You got Simeon locked up in Egypt. No, he said, y'all trying to kill me. I'm not sending Benjamin. No, he can't go. So he had decided he was not going to let Benjamin go with them. Um, so we're going to, you know, because these chapter 42 and 43 kind of goes together. So we're going to go ahead and read chapter 43. Um, and we're reading out the New Living Translation. So in Genesis chapter 43, and this is after Jake, Jacob has said he refuses to let uh, them take Benjamin back with them because they were going to need more food eventually. Verse 43, verse 1 says, But the famine continued to rage in the land of Canaan. And that's where Jacob and his 10 sons lived, or his 11 sons. When, verse 2, When the grain they had bought from Egypt was almost gone, Jacob said to his sons, Go back and buy us a little more food. But Judah said, now I want you to notice Judah speaking up now. This is not Reuben. The man was serious when he warned us, you won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you send Benjamin with us, we will go down and buy more food. But if you don't let Benjamin go, we won't go either. Remember the man said, you won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. Verse six. Why were you so cruel to me, Jacob moaned. So Jacob is kind of upset. Why did you tell him you had a brother? Verse 7. The man kept asking us questions about our family, they replied. He asked us, is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? So we answered his questions. How could we know that he would say, bring your brother down here? Judah said to his father, send the boy with me. Now remember Judah speaking up again. And we will be on our way. Otherwise, we all die of starvation. We will all die of starvation. And not only we, but you and our little ones. Verse 9. I personally guarantee his safety. This is still Judah talking. I personally guarantee his safety. You may hold me responsible if I don't bring him back to you. Then let me bear the blame forever. If we hadn't wasted all this time, we could have gone and returned twice by now. So their father, Jacob, finally said to them, if it can't be avoided, then at least do this. Pack your bags with the best products of this land. Take them down to the man as gifts. Mom, honey, gum, aromatic resin, uh, pistachio nuts, and almonds. Also take double the money that was put back in your sacks as it was probably someone's mistake. Then take your brother and go back to the man. May God Almighty give you mercy as you go before the man so that he will release Simeon and let Benjamin return. But if I must lose my children, so be it. Verse 15. So the men packed Jacob's, packed Jacob's gifts and doubled the money and headed off with Benjamin. Then final, they finally arrived in Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the manager of his household, these men will eat with me this noon. Take them inside the palace, then go slaughter a, an animal and prepare a big feast. So the man did as Joseph told him and took them into Joseph's palace. 
The brothers were terrified when they saw that they were being taken into Joseph's house. It's because of the money someone put in our sacks last time we were here. They said, he plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he will seize us and make us slaves and take our donkeys. Verse 19, the brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance of the, pa of the palace. Sir, they said, we came to Egypt once before to buy food. But as we were returning home, we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. Then we discovered that each man's money, the exact amount paid, was in the top of his sack. Here it is. We have brought it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no, we have no idea who put our money in our sacks. Verse 23. Relax. Don't be afraid, the household manager told them. You're God. Now get how he acknowledges God. You're God. The God of your father must have put this treasure into your sacks. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. The manager then led the men into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. They were told they would be eating, they would be eating there. So they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts they had brought him, then bowed low to the ground before him. Remember Joseph's dreams that my brothers were going to bow before me? And now this is all 11 of them, including Benjamin, bowing before him just like his dream. After greeting them, he asked, how is your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? As they replied, our father, your servant, is alive and well. And they bowed low again, still bowing to him. Then Joseph looked at his brother Benjamin, the son of his own mother. Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? Joseph asked. May God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried from the room because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. He went into his private room where he broke down and wept. After washing his face, he came back out, keeping himself under control. Then he ordered, bring out the food. The waiter served Joseph at his own table and his brothers were served at a separate table. The Egyptians who ate with Joseph sat at their own table because Egyptians despised Hebrews and refused to eat with them. Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit and to their amazement, he seated them according to age from oldest to youngest. Hmm. And Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Okay, so Joseph is having a party with his brothers, you might say. Uh, so let's just talk about this just a little bit. Um, so in verse 3 through 10, Joseph is now speaking. I mean, Judah is now speaking. And that's significant because Reuben is really the oldest one. And normally the oldest one takes the lead. But we all remember Reuben had uh, laid with his father's uh, concubine. And so Reuben has kind of lost his privileges as being the firstborn and having people listen to him. So, and also Simeon and Levi. Remember Simeon and Levi were the two that went into uh, uh, Shechem's camp and killed all, killed all the men in the camp. And Judah, I mean, uh, Jacob was not happy with them either. So the first three sons have been kind of, you know, thrown to the side as far as Jacob was concerned. They had issues with their father. So Judah, the fourth son, 
takes full responsibility for Benjamin. He says, I'll, he says, I'll, I'll be sure and bring Benjamin back because it's time for them to go get more food. They're going to starve if they don't. So Judah assures his father, I will, I will make sure Benjamin comes back. And then remember it, it, the significance of Judah because Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. So Judah seems to be changing and rising to the occasion. And note that there's been, um, Joseph probably is now about 30, about 39 years old, maybe, because he was, and, and we get that because he was 17 years old when he was kidnapped. And he was 30 years old when he uh, came to work for Pharaoh and Pharaoh's court when he interpreted his dreams. And then at least seven years, and we find that in uh, Genesis 41, verse 46. And at least seven years, good years have passed because now they're in the years of famine. And they're about two years into the famine years. So that's seven, eight, nine. He was 37. That would make him about 39. And note in... Uh, Verse 14, that uh, Jacob acknowledged that he has no choice but to send Benjamin. He said, if I must lose my children, so be it. And that reminds me of, uh, and, and, and I know some of you know the story about Esther in Esther chapter 4, verse 16, when she said, if I perish, I perish. Because, you know, if there was some submission, some reality setting in that, we got to do this. If I don't send them, if I don't let Benjamin go, we're all going to die. So <clears throat> he did what he had to do. Verse In verse 18, the brothers are terrified when they found out they're going to J Joseph's house. They're going to eat with Joseph because they think, oh my goodness, he's going to make us slaves. This is just a trap. In verse 19 to 22, um, the brothers make a full confession to the manager and they're telling, you know, they're, they're spilling their guts. You know, no, we were here the last time we had money and somebody put the money in our sacks. They probably was talking fast and, you know, because they, they don't know what's getting ready to happen. And the, uh, Joseph's manager told them, it's okay. I did get your money. But the dreams come to pass. If you look in chapter verse 26 to 28, they actually bowed down to Joseph, just like he said in his dream that they were going to bow down to him. And Joseph also might, finds out that the, that their father is still alive. And, and you saw how in verse 30, how he got emotional when he saw his baby brother, Benjamin, because he hasn't seen his brother in years. So in verse 32, 34, Joseph is seated at, at his own table. And notice how they see, seated everybody. Joseph is at his own table because he's a Hebrew. And the Egyptians are not going to sit with him. The brothers are seated at their own table, according to age which shocked them because this man, how does he know our, our, you know, the birth of everybody? How does he know uh, where everybody fits in? But Joseph, of course, he knew that. Uh, so that shocked him. And then the Egyptians were sitting at a table by themselves because, again, they despise the Hebrews. And the fact that the Egyptians detested, because Hebrews were shepherds. So the fact that they detested Hebrews according to the manners and customs of the Bible, uh, the man of the Bible says because the, the Egyptians had been subjected and oppressed by a nomad shepherd tribe called Hykosis, H-Y-K-S-O-S. And they had burned the Egyptian cities and were cruel to them. And according to manners and custom, the Egyptians were under these people for hundreds of years. And therefore, they detested and hated shepherds. So that was from manners and customs of the Bible. Uh, the Quest Study Bible 
uh, gave another reason why the Egyptians detested the Hebrews was because the Hebrews did not worship the Egyptian gods. So for whatever reason, the Egyptians hated the Hebrews. And this is going to be significant as we're going to see later because Joseph is going to use the fact that they hate the Hebrews and hate being around the Hebrews uh, to make sure that his people have a place of their own. This is how they're going to end up in the land of Goshen so they can continue to practice their own customs. So, you know, what can, what can we draw from this? So one thing we can draw from this is God's word is sure. God's word is true. It's been years, uh, at least 13 years, uh, where Joseph had, you know, had, had these dreams and now they're coming to pass. He's seeing how, uh, God's word is true. Those dreams he had is coming to pass. So whenever God's speaking to your heart, if it doesn't happen right now, it's probably not time, but don't give up on the promises that God has spoken in your life because it will come to pass. Just like it did for Joseph, it came to pass. And even uh, the things that he went through, it was for an expected end. God had ordained for him to have to go to Egypt. So that's how he got in there. He got kidnapped and looked like a horrible thing, but he ended up in Egypt. So know that God has your steps ordered. He has your life planned out just like he has Joseph's life planned out. So we need to trust God with our, with our steps, that he has ordered our steps in his word. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stop there next week. We're going to be on chapter uh, 44, but um, just want to make sure you go to, uh, on the same page, there's a playlist called uh, The Sinner's Prayer. Anyone out there that have not given your heart to Jesus, I'm pleading with you, please give your heart to Jesus before it's too late. Tomorrow is not promised. Um, you know, people are, you know, you never know when your number is up. Uh, I just had a sister that we just buried not too long ago. And you just never know. So you need to be ready. When You need to be ready for when he calls you. Uh, give your heart to Jesus. And on this playlist, it's called The Sinner's Prayer. It gives an explanation of why we need Christ. And then it also in this video, it will lead you to Christ. There's a second video on this same playlist called Teaching About Salvation, which will give you all the scriptures um, and explain to you our salvation experience. Amen. So please go on my channel. Uh, hit that playlist called The Sinner's Prayer and listen to those videos and give your heart to Jesus. He is waiting for you. Amen. Amen. So let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We honor you. We appreciate you, Lord. Father, we just pray for all those that are listening, all those that will listen. Father, we pray that you will prick their hearts, oh God, that they might say, what must I do to be saved? Father, we pray that that you would save them, Lord, because we know, Lord, it's not your will that any be lost. We thank you, God. We thank you for your precious word. Make it real to our hearts, and we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, and I will see you next week.